Oh my gosh, your biceps are huge. Kiss me. And then he would kiss me. Hello, hello, hello. It's March. Holy Woo. shit. <laughs> I when I tell you this year has just like it's like what if we kicked you and then it's like you're like I'm down and they're like what if we kicked you again? And they're like, "Oh, you want another one? Here's another one." Boom. <laughs> Boom, bitch. Yeah. So 2023 is coming for my ass. <laughs> but yeah, so much has changed since we since we last recorded. We are completely different people now than yeah. we were two weeks ago. So true, Queen. But you know, we're here. We're we're making it through. Yeah, we're you know trying our best. We're gonna be okay because we picked an amazing movie. We did to do this month. Yeah, or this, this has week. been this has been long awaited too. It stars one of my most favorite people ever, Anna Faris. Mm-hmm. Should we just? Tell the people what we're doing. Yeah. In case you haven't guessed, today we are doing the 2008 classic The House Bunny. One of the most underrated movies. Like, it was a commercial success, but I do feel like we don't really talk about it enough. I think because it's it's from, like, the late 2000s, people often forget about it. Mm-hmm. Everyone's always focused on, like, the 2000 to the 2004 era. Right, right. This one was right, you know, the tail end of the 2000s. And I think it really deserves its moment in the sun because Mm -hmm. it is truly a spectacular comedy. The comedic timing on Anna Faris, Mm -hmm. um, Emma Stone. I I mean, I would say, like, honestly, a lot of it rests on Anna Faris, but the other actors do a great job, especially with um, like the ensemble of the Zetas. Yeah. They're just such misfits, and it's so it's it works so well while still injecting like earnesty into the plot. I think that this movie absolutely falls apart without Anna Faris. I think with I don't know if anyone else could really bring what she brought to Do this that, role. Yeah, yeah. I just love her acting style so much because she manages to make these characters that are so obscure into the world of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like she just has an, some sort of like um, infectious quality where I'm like the way that you're acting right now, like I've never met a person like that. But at the same time, <laughs> yeah. you're real. Like this is a real person. <laughs> oh, yeah. She she manages to tell that line. Yeah. But should we hit him with the numbers? We know why you're here. <laughs> it's because we're finance girl bosses. Yeah, that's what they call us. <laughs> yeah. We're talking 25 mil budget, 70.5 million box office. Very good. The day that this movie debuted, it was number one. The opening weekend, it was number two. But it was behind Tropic Thunder, which Mm. is like a really big movie. So I understand. Um, Did you see it in theaters? This movie? Yeah. No, I I think it would have been 12. Yeah, because I I don't think I did. I think probably my mom was like, you are not allowed to see this movie. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, I totally saw it on TV. Oh, the the Playboy Bunny movie? No, child, you're not allowed to watch that. (laughs) Right, right. But I do remember like this time really being, I mean, the the early, like the 2000s in general, like the whole Playboy Bunny thing was kind of everywhere because we also had those reality the shows about like door. um yeah it was a like kendra and kendra holly, holly and 
Oh, I forget the other girl. I feel so bad. Oh, Kendra, Holly, and Bridget. Yes. Yeah, this was really like the heyday of the the Playboy Bunny slash socialite. Right. But um, Anna Faris was actually like very involved in this film top to bottom, like concept wise. She was a producer as well. And they did actually pitch this movie 24 times before it finally got picked up by one of the studios, which is crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. The studio it was produced by was um, the Happy Madison Productions. It's Adam Sandler. Right. I think it was the first female produced movie that they did. Wow. It was either a female produced or female driven. Like, lad, yeah. I don't think that there was as much diversity with directors and, like, producers and filmmaking at that time. Yeah. Like, I don't know what year it was that the first female director received an Oscar. I I know it was for The Hurt Locker, but I don't know what year it was. I honestly didn't even know that there were Happy Madison movies that didn't star Adam Sandler until this moment. LOL. (laughs) LOL. That's really funny. Um, There were also a ton of beautiful costumes. Uh, They Mm -hmm. were designed by Mona May, who I... Christina wrote this in the notes. Did Clueless and Romy and Michelle? Uh, mm-hmm. That makes so much sense because the costumes have that amazing, youthful and mm-hmm. like really fun and playful hearts and cherries and like all yeah. that sort of stuff. But it's also kind of like adults, but it's adults who kind of want to be kids. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely a lot of crossover between the costuming for this and for Romy and Michelle, which yeah, I think totally. that Shelly and Romy and Michelle definitely live in a very similar universe of like like what's the what's the female version of like a man child, like a girl child? <laughs> like is that a, is that a thing? Right. <laughs> but, you know, I'm a girl thinking who of like yeah, has these more yeah. kind of quote unquote childlike or ditzy qualities and um, mm-hmm. like really fun clothes with cool patterns and all this stuff. So yeah, I see them living in a very similar world. Totally. Yeah. The only other thing I have to say is that I did not realize until like moments before we recorded <laughs> that Colby, played by Tyson Ritter, was the lead vocalist for All American Rejects. Yeah. I just thought that he was a random emo <laughs> actor guy. Oh my gosh. I'm pretty sure this this must have been like his film debut or something. I don't even know if he ever did any other movies after this. Yeah. But Oh my god, he got to kiss Emma Stone. I bet he's like riding that high forever. <laughs> yeah. But um I definitely had a big crush on him because I used to watch the Move Along music video by All move American along, Rejects all the time. Along. Where you like, I'll do, do my dirty little secret. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I also love She's the Man and they play like three of their songs and She's the Man as well. Yeah. So good times. But yeah, pretty much every time he's on screen, you can hear an All-American Reject song <laughs> in the background. So <laughs> That's so funny. It adds such a layer because Natalie is trying to flirt with him the entire time. But like mm-hmm. if you were a teen during that time, you'd be like, oh, my God, that's the lead singer of All American Rejects. Oh, my God. He was like a model, yeah. too. He was like everywhere at that time. Yeah, I would be like if someone made a movie now and it starred the 1975 guy. Oh, my God. People lose their minds. <laughs> people are already losing their minds. By people, I mean me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> That would make people crazy. Yeah, God, wouldn't that be wild if that happened? Anyways. 
Oh, I'm sick in the head. But um, <laughs> before we before we get too lost in it, uh, we just want to let you know that this month on Patreon, we have a brand new movie coming your way. You guys voted, and we are doing Confessions of a Shopaholic this month. Uh, I always get Isla Fisher and um, is it Nicole Kidman? Are you thinking of Fisher? Amy Adams? Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, the redheads get confusing <laughs> to me. But yes, Isla Fisher. I, I'll never forget seeing the trailer for that movie. And she's like trying to get her credit cards mm-hmm. out of a big block of ice. Yep. <laughs> so if you want to hear all about that, you can always head over to our Patreon. Uh, it's $5 a month. We have a bunch of cool perks, including picking our bonus episode every month. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested, feel free to uh, check that out. Without further ado, should we? Flip the pages right into the. <laughs> it's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do with that. Give me a better intro. Someone help me out here. I thought you were gonna say, should we? Should we hop right into it? Oh fuck. <laughs> we got what it. The fuck. Edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> All right. <sighs> let's let's do it. So it all started 27 years ago when Shelley Darlingson was left in a basket on the steps of an orphanage. And then they asked for the basket back. Jesus. So devastating. And we see these like yearbook-esque pictures of her. And she tells us she wasn't very popular. And as the years went on, everyone was adopted except her. One day, you know, something happened to her. She became pretty. And we can see she kind of like goes through puberty. She becomes super beautiful Mm -hmm. from the like glasses wearing gal (laughs) Mm -hmm. she was before. And she found a family at the Playboy Mansion. And this is where she wants to live happily ever after. Have you seen um, the Pamela Anderson documentary? The one where she is like a part of it or is yeah like you're not talking about tom and pam or whatever no 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 no, no. the like the one that just came out that no i haven't yeah. i i watched it a few weeks ago and she actually has like a kind of similar story like she wasn't adopted but she was kind of like oh yeah i was just like not really that you know anything to look at when i was a kid and then all of a sudden i like yeah turned 18 and was pretty and then i got like scouted by playboy and i moved to la and like wow did the playboy thing so i was like whoa Lots of parallels that I'm seeing here, but highly recommend if you've not seen uh, Pamela, A Love Story, check it out on Netflix. Noted. So we go to the Playboy Mansion where Shelly is like mingling at a party. We see Hugh Hefner, who's in this movie actually a lot more than I even remember him being in it. I'm shocked that he's Yeah, he said it so like a present. lot. <laughs> and lucid. I know. We also see like Ke- Kendra and Holly and Bridget. They're all in it. Yeah. As well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Shelly grabs some mangaritas from uh, Marvin, who's like the valet at the mansion. These guys are talking to her when Cassandra, who is one of the newer bunnies, comes over and Shelly is introducing Cassandra to these guys and is like, oh yeah, everybody loves Cassandra because she's super beautiful and she never throws up on anyone, even when she's drunk. So Shelly is, she, she's a little bit ditzy, but she's like super kind. She's a very, very nice person. Yes. The guys are asking Shelly if she's a centerfold and Cassandra 
rudely is like, oh, she wishes. And Shelly's like, yeah, it's true. I hope that, you know, one day I will. And <laughs> maybe at my birthday, it'll be announced. Who knows? And one of the guys are like, oh, wow, it seems like you have a really good life here at the mansion. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's paradise. We're just one big, happy family. Why would I want to be anywhere else? Aw. And I will say, you can see a lot of, uh, there's been many exposés written about what life is like at the Playboy Mansion. And it is not this, for sure. Yeah. But Shelly is happy. She also is just like the kindest person. You tell that from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So we get a nice montage where the ladies go shopping and they have their hair and makeup done. And the clerk is like, okay, yeah, I'll put it on the mansion tab and I'll have it sent over to you. And Shelly's just like, aren't we the luckiest girls in the world? And the clerk is like, yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> oh, boy. So then we go to Shelly's birthday bash and the bunnies do this whole opening dance number and then they bring out a big cake that has 27 on it and someone i'm assuming it's like one of the men who work there lifts up shelly um to have her blow out the cake on her candles so everyone's just having a ball shocking watching this as, as you know somebody who's approaching 27 that <gasps> oh my god and she's like uh they're like it's the end of the world <laughs> it's crazy because i was sent to tiktok the other day about the newest historic american girl doll oh yep yep and i can't even tell i'm i'm <laughs> fuming i'm fuming how does it feel uh to be part of history <laughs> i t i'll take it back I don't want to be. I walked into the Disney headquarters and I sat down with the CEO and I said, "I want to make. History. <laughs> I want to make history." <laughs> Are you like always on the go? I'm always moving. I, it's scare. It, it scares, scares me, me to be still. To be still. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out to Debbie Ryan. We love you. Um, oh, 20, 27's really on the mind between Pride and Prejudice. With I'm twenty seven years old, and this movie, something in the air. So. In the morning, after Shelly's 27th birthday, uh, Marvin, the valet, also, like, butler, I don't know, he, he's doing a lot at the mansion. He's um, doing the most. He brings Shelly some French toast and is like, oh, and I added a little something special to your drink. And she's like, oh, thanks for telling me. Normally, I don't find out until after. I was like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> that is dark. So... That's when she notices an envelope on the tray and it's from half. And she's like, oh, my God, what if it's true? Like, what if I am Miss November? <gasps> it's a letter to Shelly from Hugh asking her to move out of the mansion immediately. Oh, my gosh. So Shelly is shocked and she doesn't understand. She's like, this is my home. This is my family. How could he do this to me? And Marvin is like maybe it's your age. And she says that she's only 27. Like she literally just turned 27 last night. Mm -hmm. But Marvin says 27 is like 59 in bunny years. So, I mean, she has been there for a long time. That's like a long time to live there. Almost a decade. I think she had like six years. Nine. Or when did Nine. Ooh. Like when she was 18, she moved right into the mansion. Wow. I'm like, that's got to fuck with you developmentally 
pretty crazy. Yeah. So she wants to go and talk to Hef about, you know, asking him if she can stay. But Marvin is like, oh, he already left for Vegas. You know, Hef, he's not good with goodbyes. Mm. So Marvin loads up Shelly's old jalopy <laughs> that she came to the mansion with nine years ago. Oh my God. As she gets in, she like calls out to Pooter and Pooter is not moving. Pooter is her cat. Mm-hmm. Marvin's like, oh yeah, let me let me help you out here. Like, let me put him in the car and picks up Pooter. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> the, the weird CGI of the <laughs> cat like clawing into this man's skin is too it looks much like rubber. to bear. It looks yeah. insane. <laughs> it looks insane. Um, but he's like, okay, um, maybe I'll just keep him for a while. And Shelly calls out and she's like, Pooter, I'm going to find us a really nice place to live. And then maybe you'll want to come live with me. And she just drives away sadly as her exhaust explodes and we see her bumper sticker. It says, mean people are mean. So that night, Shelly is in her car. The only home she has now. And she's talking to a picture of Pooter and she's like, don't lose faith. I'm going to find a great job and we're going to have a new place to live with a new family. So Shelly is brushing her teeth in her car and like spits out the window when a police cop, like a fucking cop comes up and he's like, oh, you've violated the code for unlawful spitting. Like, I'm going to have to give you a ticket. And then also another ticket for residing in your car. And she's like asking him, like, please don't give me any more tickets. Like, I've had the worst week. I was a, I was a bunny and then I got kicked out of the mansion for being too old. I'm 59. And he's like, okay, I'm going to need you to come, you know, do this breathalyzer real quick. <laughs> so... He opens the door and he asks her to blow and she thinks that he is asking for a blowjob. So she bends down and we all know where this is going. Yep. So she's in a holding cell. Yep. And uh, the other people in the holding cell laugh at Shelly for trying to give the cop a blowjob. They reassure her that since it's her first time, she'll just be in one night and then back out on the street in no time. But Shelly tries to tell them she's not a sex worker and they all laugh at her, which is so weird because it's like she doesn't do sex work like the other girls do. But the girls are like still super judgmental toward her. Like it's just like this weird space where no matter where she goes, it feels like people are just like judging her constantly. Yeah. So Shelly then compliments one of the girl's tights and then tells another person in the cell that they should wear less makeup because it hides their natural beauty. And they're like, yeah, I'm a dude. Yeah. So she's just having a hard time. Yeah. But that see, that's the thing about Shelly. Even when she's, you know, literally in jail, she's still like, oh, you're really beautiful. You look great. Right. Always a kind, sweet lady. Absolutely. So the next morning, Shelly has, you know, left the precinct. She's sitting on a curb and we really feel the the late 2000s vibes as the song. I just want to feel okay, feel okay, feel okay. I just want to feel okay is playing in the background. Love it. Shelly is putting on her makeup with her little compact and 
as she's doing so, she sees these three girls walk by and they're talking about this party they went to last night with mangaritas, which we know they serve at the mansion. So she's like, okay, wherever they're going, that's where I want to be. So she follows these girls to their sorority house, which looks like a little mini Playboy mansion. (laughs) So Shelly walks in. She's essentially wearing like a low cut mini skirt and a bra, basically. Yes, ma'am. This one girl comes down and her name is Ashley and Shelly hugs her and she's like, oh my God, do you you live here? And she's like, yeah, this is a house. And she's like, oh my God, I want to live here. And Ashley is like, well, you have to like, a- you have to be asked to live here. This is a sorority house, but you do look like an older, sluttier version of the type of girl that we would want. Like, do you go here to this school? And Shelly's like, this is a school? No, not at all. And she's like, <laughs> well, sorry, you have to be a student. It's so nice to meet you. And Shelly tries to say something and she's like, so nice. And then walks away. So... Nasty. Nasty. So Shelly turns around and in this like next room over, there are women who are older. Yeah. So they're drinking tea, talking about the sorority house. And Shelly is like, oh, who are you? And finds out that they're house mothers. So she's like, oh, do you live in the house with the girls? And they're like, yes. And tell her that they oversee like the meal plans, they chaperone their social events and make sure the girls stay out of trouble. And Shelly's like, oh my gosh, like that's exactly what I used to do at the mansion. Like, can I be one too? But Mrs. Hagstrom is like, this is a sorority house, not a brothel. Jesus. And she's like, well, I'm not looking to make soup. I want to be a house mother like you. And they tell her that they have standards, but it was nice to meet her. And then Shelly again tries to like interject and they're like, so nice. But as she leaves, one of the mothers does catch up with her and tells her that she should try Zeta because their last house mother was hospitalized with hallucinations. Jesus. So. I did just look it up because I was curious, like how much money would one make as a house mother? Yeah. The average is about $25,000 a year. I guess you feel like your accommodations paid for, but that's not a lot. No, yeah. I guess, like, you could probably have, like, another gig. Yeah. But, yeah, I kind of assumed it would be more. So Shelly walks over to the Zeta house, and she knocks on the door, but nobody answers. And that's when the Z in Zeta, like, falls off of the house and knocks (laughs) Shelly into the bushes. As that's happening, Natalie, a.k.a. Emma Stone comes out of the house with the dean and she's like listen we're trying really hard but this just feels unfair and the dean tells her that he feels the same but they have not met their requirements for pledges three years in a row now and he's under a lot of pressure from the other sororities and they feel like he's just bending the rules for them and she's like oh by other sororities you mean uh pi phi pi phi iota phi Iota Mew. I'm like, th- this is a whole other world to me, the world of sororities. I don't know how anything is pronounced. I mean, this is Greek, so <laughs> yeah. it's not even it's not even English. I mean. Right. So Natalie then turns around and sees Shelly in the bushes, this like random woman. So she screams and Shelly asks for help up. So she helps her. The two of them meet. 
Shelly's like, hi, I'm Shelly, and I want to be your new house mother. And Natalie says, unfortunately, she's too late because the dean just shut down their sorority, and they're going to lose their charter and their house. And like, if without a house, they're not going to need a house mother. And Shelly asks why they're taking away the house. And Natalie says, because they get no pledges, since everybody thinks that they're losers. And she says that all the other sororities get all the pledges because they have great parties and boys actually like them. And Shelly's like, oh, my freaking God, you're in luck because (laughs) I'm an expert on boys and parties. I'm a bunny. Men write to me from prison, sometimes in their own blood. Um, so she's like I hope it's their blood yeah gee I hope it's not somebody else's blood that might be more horrifying but she's like listen I can definitely help you Natalie is like oh you're you're a bunny like like a centerfold and Shelly is like no only pictorials you know girls from the midwest girls with GEDs girls with Charlie Sheen but now I'm a homeless person (laughs) girls with Charlie Sheen so Natalie is like, oh, I'm really sorry. And then uh, heads back into the house. So in the Zeta house, Natalie gives the girls the news that they really need 30 new pledges or else it's game over. And Mona, played by Kat Dennings, is like, there are only seven of us. Natalie's like, so well, seven and a half now. Cut to Harmony, who is pregnant. And also Catherine McPhee. <laughs> right. Uh, but we actually like cut over to Tanya, which I didn't get. Um, Carrie May tells Tanya that that that's nothing a little fertilizer can't help. Did you get that? Which one is Tanya? Tanya's the short one. Oh, then she's saying like, oh, maybe if you grow, like she was saying seven and a half. So she oh. thought that Carrie May, like Carrie May, thought that she was counting Tanya as half a person. Lol. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. 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 But yeah, Natalie clarifies that she was talking about Harmony, Catherine McPhee. Harmony is like, well, seven and three quarters as of last week. Joanne walks in. I don't know that actress. Rumor Willis. Bruce Willis's daughter. Oh my God. Yep. I, yeah. Okay, <laughs> fuck. So Joanne walks in and she has refrigerator magnets on her back brace. She has like a, a large back brace. That's also like a Romeo and Michelle reference because yeah. when Michelle has the back brace. Yeah. Right, right. There are a couple movie references in this. Like mm-hmm. obviously there's the Forrest Gump when yes. she runs. Yeah. Yeah. Then Joanne notices that there are guys on their lawn and the ladies are shocked because they have no sex appeal. <laughs> and so they like gather around the window and see Shelly just doing yoga on the lawn while this crowd of men gathers around her. Yeah, so uh, Shelly is just doing her thing, doing yoga on the lawn, and the guys are like, oh my god, like, that's so hot. Yoga's so hot. Are you a Zeta? And Shelly's like, oh, I wish. And Tyler's like, yeah, me too, because if you were a Zeta, it would, I cannot believe I have to say this, it would be my new favorite hizzity hang. And Natalie comes out and she's like, oh, no, it's, it's hizzity, wizzity. Uh, yeah, she's not a Zeta, but she's our new house mother. So she'll be here, hizzity here all the time. Yeah. 
Shelly is so excited. She find she just got hired, and I'm like, with what money? I don't understand the finances right, of sororities. Right, right, right. But <laughs> Shelly gives Natalie a huge hug. She just needs a place to crash. Yeah. The boys are gawking at them as they're hugging, and Natalie is confused as to why the boys are acting like that. And Shelly's like, oh, they're just boys being boys. Thank goodness. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, Shelly. She's a scammer. I love it. Oh, Shelly. <laughs> so in the house, Shelly tells the ladies she is so happy they want her here and they won't be sorry. So Mona, who is like kind of alt and just like super pessimistic, asks how they're going to get pledges by hiring an archaically superficial reflection of the male fantasy. And I'm like... That's not feminist because you're just directly being rude to another person. Like, yeah. if you hearken everything back to the male fantasy, you're just as bad as those who are perpetuating the male fantasy. It's also just like an insane thing to say to somebody that you just met. Sure. Yeah. If that's how, if you want to like talk about things in, in a more abstract way of like issues with society, Sure, but to like then put that on this individual who you literally don't know and have just met. Right, right. How is that productive or helpful? Let me put the weight of misogyny on your shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> so Natalie says that guys like her, and since guys don't like them, she figured Shelly could help him out with that. Um, Harmony asks Natalie if in order to be in the sisterhood, you now have to be popular. And Natalie's like, no, 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 but... You know, in order to keep the house, like, yeah, yeah, we have to be popular. And, you know, maybe Shelly can teach us how. So Shelly tells the group not to get her wrong. She loves men, but she just spent nine years living in a house with women. And she knows there's nothing better than just hanging out with your sisters, talking, baking penis cookies, playing with monkeys. <laughs> Like, say what you want, but Shelly's a girl's girl. She is. She totally is. She puts her friends above everyone. So mm -hmm. then they ask Shelly where she lived, and she's like, the Playboy Mansion. And that is when 3LW, <laughs> Miss Keely Williams, comes out as Lily, and she just whispers in Harmony's ear. Harmony's like, oh, um, that doesn't make her a hooker. And apologizes. And Lily does a little squeal and runs back into her room. Natalie tells us that Lily is, like, shy. This is just a common theme that happens. She, like, mm. doesn't talk. And Shelly repeats back, Lily. <laughs> then she gets introduced to Harmony. Harmony. Carrie Mae. Oh, it's so hard. I, I don't even know, like, how Lily... Carrie May. Carrie May. Joanne. Harmony. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> and Shelly is just repeating all the, the names in this guttural voice. And Natalie's like, hey, um, what is I, that? I, what is, is that like a Yoda thing? Like, can you tell me a little bit more about that? And uh, Shelly's like, oh, uh, this is just something I do to remember people's names. And then <laughs> she goes, um, but excuse me, I'm going to go take a shower because I haven't had one since I slept in my car and spent the night in jail. So she goes to take a shower 
question up. <laughs> oh yeah. The the other thing about like this this group of women is that Natalie is also the only person that approaches Shelly with any sort of like good faith or is any, like, like dignity kind to her. Everyone just treats her like a like yeah, like she's not even a real person. They're like, Oh, you're like a doll. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on guys, this girl's been nothing but nice to you. Right, right. Mona is definitely the worst. Yeah. She's just like a straight up brood. To also uh, Natalie, honestly, when they're doing the car wash. Absolutely. So after Shelly has freshened up from the shower, she ties a, the towel just around her waist and is walking around, tits out. Free woman. Natalie is like, oh my God, where's your, let's get you a robe or something. Because all the girls <laughs> are like freaking out. And Natalie kind of pulls Shelly aside and is like, um, so most of the girls here haven't even, like, seen our own bodies that up close. So, like, we probably don't want to see your perfectly engineered boobs, if you don't mind. And Shelly's like, oh, I'm sorry. I was just walking around in the body that God and Dr. Borkman gave me because, <laughs> you know, I like to air dry. So she then is, like, takes the towel off completely and... One of the girls just comes like face to face with her crotch and screams. And one thing that's wild. So we were looking at IMDb for like various facts and stuff about this movie. Mm -hmm. And the very first fact is like a paragraph long fact about how like, oh, they were supposed to use a body double for this, but then they didn't. Every other fact is like three words, but they were like, no, we must spend like 18 sentences talking about how this is in fact Anna Ferris's naked body. Right. There's no like, oh, they were considering casting this actor, like Mm-mm. doing this. It's like, so let's be clear about one thing. Here's the here's how it went down. Here's how she ended up not using the body double. Like <laughs> stupid. Yeah. We go to, I believe it's Natalie's bedroom. Yeah. And Shelly and Natalie are just kind of like talking about their ideas and she tells her that they're going to get a lot of pledges and Natalie is like, okay, but we also need to raise money for our philanthropy. And Shelly's like, what's a philanthropy? Or like, <laughs> she says some crazy pronunciations, but Natalie explains it's like a charity and Shelly's like, oh, I love charity. Once I let Bob Saget grind on me during a slow dance. Natalie hands her a list of ideas that she has compiled for their fundraiser. Number one, beekeeping club. Sure. Number two, paleo bake sale. She's like, everyone loves Jurassic Park. (laughs) And number three, BYOM, bring your own mouse. Yep. (laughs) Bro. Bro. And the the enthusiasm that that Emma Stone brings to this is really something it's hilarious it's so funny it makes me so sad that she doesn't do comedy anymore because she yeah. is so good at it she's so gifted her timing is incredible she makes lots of like really specific choices and i'm like yeah i know you want to do dramatic oscar bait stuff but give us just a little tiny morsel of comedy now a and then taste keep us fed that's all i'm asking for emma that if is, you're out there does cruella count as a comedy as that comedic role for her? I wasn't laughing. <laughs> That's for sure. You were like, I want to reclaim my time. 
I wish I didn't uh, watch that movie, but yeah, I hear you. So, <laughs> as they're going through these ideas, Natalie sees Shelley just like zoning out, and she's like, "Why do everyone's eyes glaze over when I tell them my my freaking ideas?" <laughs> and Shelley's like, "No, no, my eyes weren't glazing over. I was just taking a break." And she tells Natalie that these are great ideas, but they might want to try something a little more sexy. Shelly puts that plan into action. She hosts a car wash at the Zeta house. Of course, guys start to notice there's this super hot girl in a bikini on top of a car. And Mona is super offended. But Natalie is like, you know what? Just give Shelly a chance. Let her do her thing. So... She walks over and picks up a sponge. Harmony is like squeegeeing her pregnant stomach. Oh my God. And that is when Colby, aka Mr. All American Rejects, comes over. And Natalie is like, Oh my God, that's Colby. I'm in love with him. And Shelly's like, Oh my God, that's so sweet. How long you've been going out? And Natalie is like, <laughs> Oh no, I've never spoken to him. And I felt very seen in that moment for sure. <laughs> I love to yearn. I love to long. <laughs> so he starts coming this way and Shelly's like, okay, just just be sexy. And she's like, wash these cars, you filthy bitches. <sighs> Mona is not having it. But Natalie, you know, starts washing this car and Shelly's like, yeah, wash that car. So Colby comes up to them and asks what's going on. And Shelly is like, oh, you know, we're just washing cars and being sexy. <laughs> and Natalie is like, yeah, mostly just being sexy. So Shelly asks them if they want a wet t-shirt and Natalie takes the hose and she's like, oh, or how about like some wet pants? <laughs> And just fucking puts that hose right on her crotch. It looks like she peed herself. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. So Colby invites them for drinks at Theta later, mostly inviting Shelly. Yeah. But Natalie and Shelly are like, oh, yeah, we would love to. And Shelly asks if they want a little, like, drink from the hose. So Natalie is, like, you know, holding the hose up to Colby's face when Mona fucking – I don't understand, like – <laughs> why very mean you would do this very to your mean. friend but she just like fucking yanks the pressure on the on the hose so it like soaks him and she's like oh sorry colby you had some testosterone on your face had to wash it off so shelly is like oh so should we still when should we meet you guys for drinks and he's like oh you know what now that you mention it, the guest list looking oh, a little full. Maybe next time. And then also one of their like asshole friends calls out to Joanne being like, oil can, oil can, because of her brace. Like it's so fucking rude. Yeah. And Mona's like, okay, I think we're done here, sexy bitches. And Natalie thanks her for ruining her one shot with Colby. So the ladies head inside, but Shelly's like, okay, well, I guess I'll just stay out here by myself. Okay, we're at where they meet Oliver, right? Yeah. Colin Hanks. Oh, my God. Colin Hanks, like Tom Hanks' son. Mm -hmm. Lots of Nepo babies in this one. Yeah. So as Shelly is outside, she notices a man stapling a flyer to a post 
and Shelly shouts out to him and she's like, do you want your car washed? And he's like, oh, oh no, I, I, I ride a bike. I got to get back to work. <laughs> and Shelly's like, oh, I know all about work. I'm the new Zeta sorority house mother. And Oliver's like, oh, uh, you seem a little young to be a house mother. And Shelly is just like ecstatic. She is happy beyond belief and just gives him a really big hug. And then it's like, oh, I'm sorry for invading your space, but I really needed that. So she asks what job he does. And he's like, oh, well, I manage a nursing home, you know, for old people. Shelly asked if the old people live there like an orphanage for old people because their She's parents are dead. I, I know. I really freaked me out. The analogy was a lot. Yeah. And Oliver's like, well, uh, that's one way that you could look at it. <laughs> and Shelly's like, their parents are dead. And they live in a big building all alone, wondering where everybody went. And Shelly is like almost in tears at this point. And Oliver's like, well, um, you know, if you want, you can stop by. Like, we're always looking for volunteers. And Shelly introduces herself and says she loves long walks on the beach. Or she just says long walks and hates rude people. Yeah. And then Oliver introduces himself in the same fashion. I like taking long walks with rude people only off short piers, though. <laughs> and Shelly's like, ha, 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 you're funny. I think, like, Oliver... I wish they had given him like a little more personality. Like he's he's perfectly nice and like fine. Yeah. But especially knowing that he is related to Tom Hanks, who is like the king of charisma, I don't feel oh, that yeah. Colin has that it factor. He does not. That we were looking for. Back in the house, Natalie is apologizing to all the Zetas about the car wash, how it failed. When Shelly comes in, she's like, guys, I have a great idea for our philanthropy we're gonna go volunteer at this nursing home and she explains to the girls that she just met this guy oliver he's really funny and kind of cute and natalie is like hey guys i don't know if you can you know recognize this right now but <laughs> shelly is out there meeting guys which means maybe she can help us meet guys and become more popular and get more pledges hello and shelly is like yeah Hence, we all need to go get dressed up and go to a club and drink fruity drinks and dirty dance with each other. And Mona asks, why? And Shelly says, to bond, you old grumpy, <laughs> which just really encapsulates everything for me. Yeah. She's like, you know, the music's playing, our bodies are swaying. And again, Shelly is like, yeah, we're going to do this like as sisters so we can have a good time together, celebrate right. this friendship it's not even really about going to, like, meet the dudes. It's just about going right, to have yeah. fun with your girlfriends. Mm -hmm. So Natalie is like, oh, or or we could play dodgeball. Or or we could try tying our shoes together and throwing them over telephone wires. Like, how, how far can you throw? Yeah. I see them all the time. It just looks like, you know, it could be a fun thing that we all do. And Shelly's like, or we can go to a club. So... <laughs> Um, guess which option they pick? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's the club. Yeah. So they all go to the club, and Shelly like cheerses everyone with their virgin drinks, and the girls are not very enthused. That's when Shelly notices a guy checking out Mona. He, she's like, "Oh, uh, you should go over there and flirt with him." So Mona like does get up, like 
I will say Mona does have like the confidence of someone, uh, I don't know, who hates the world maybe. And so she like goes up to this guy and she's like, do you like what you see, stud? And he's like, ah, I'm not sure. Like he had some kind of Hannibal Lecter thing going on because of her piercings. And Mona's like, yes, and bites him. So insane. Not going great. <laughs> And then Shelly notices another cute guy and suggests that Carrie may go up and talk to him. She's like, oh, like, I don't know. Like, what should I talk about? And Shelly's just like, oh, any old thing, like whatever you'd like. So Carrie May goes up to the guys at the pool table and she's like, where's the crapper? I need to lay some timber. And the guys are like, um, can you can you leave us alone? So Carrie May like stalks back to the table and she's like, I just don't know what I did wrong. And Shelly's like, nothing. Sometimes men just like their woman with a little mystery. So Carrie Mae is like, I'm going to try this again. <laughs> and she walks over and she's like, hey, uh, do you know where the crapper is? Uh, I've got to do a very mysterious thing in there. Drop off some timber. <laughs> exactly. So Carrie Mae comes back to the table and Shelly's like, hey, you know, that's okay. This is real great practice. I actually didn't even notice until this watch around that Carrie May says that she's been in college for nine years. Yeah. So she doesn't have to go back to Idaho. <laughs> so she's literally Shelly's age. They're her trailer park in Idaho. Mm -hmm. So as this is happening, then Ashley and Courtney from Phi Iota Mew come over and they're like, oh my God, the Zetas, we never see you guys out, but you're just in time because we're doing a karaoke contest, sororities versus fraternities. The girls are not at all interested in doing karaoke, but Shelly is like, come on, you have to. It's like so much fun. We'll be there. Just give me a couple minutes. The Zetas will be on stage. So Shelly tells the girls that they have to do it. Boys think that singing is sexy. Like, come on, you can do it. And Natalie helps rally the troops and they get up on stage. So it is announced that the song that was picked for them by Ashley is Like a Virgin. They are giggling in the back. And I don't know how, if they like planned this, if they had like a separate CD waiting to like prank somebody with this, but... They end up changing the lyrics while the girls are singing like a virgin, saying that they're losers and they're hags and yeah, like it's very juvenile. Harmony doesn't even like realize that the lyrics are changing. She is just going off on the mic. She is an American Idol a contestant. So what can you expect? Yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I always forget that she didn't win, that Taylor Hicks won. And I don't know what he ever... But doing... she's been in other stuff as an actress. Yeah, she was. Did you ever watch Smash? Smash. It was a TV show. I think it literally only had. I don't even know if it made it to a full season or if it was just half a season. But okay, it was like a pretty big show. It had a lot of very expensive people in it. Um, but it was basically about Smash. these people who were putting on a musical, like a Broadway show about Marilyn Monroe. And there were two women that were like in the running to play Marilyn. And it was Catherine McPhee and Megan Hilty. Oh, I think I actually know what you're talking about. Because I remember 
seeing her face in this. Yeah, the music was really good from it too. Like there's the main song from like the fictional show. It was called Let Me Be Your Star and I listen to it to this day. It's very good. Hell yeah. Anyways, back to this movie. Um, <laughs> the girls end up reigning harmony in and are like, stop fucking singing. Everyone is laughing, which again, I don't feel like college kids, especially people who we assume are like at least juniors and seniors would be doing this kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Greek life is different. <laughs> but <laughs> So they get laughed off the stage. They go over to the girl, like Ashley and Courtney, whoever. And Mona's like, do you want to get cut? And Ashley is like, oh, actually, we should apologize since we are going to be taking your house soon. And Shelly's like, where are you taking it? And Ashley says that they're going to buy their house after they get kicked out since they'll need plenty of room since they just have so many new pledges. So they then tell the girls that they can stay on as their maids and looked at Tanya and say, and the little one can sweep the chimney. And they start being like so awful to her. They're like, oh, does this one understand human talk? It's fucking atrocious. Yeah, it sucks. So Ashley also turns to Shelly and is like, oh, yeah, and once we buy their house, I guess you're going to be homeless again. So nice to see you. So nice. Awful. Literally awful, awful, awful human beings. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that this is part of the reason why, like, Mona, for example, is the way that she is towards Shelly because probably her experience with, um, like, quote, unquote, more conventionally attractive girls – that look like Shelly are mean girls like this and it's most likely a defense mechanism but it's not fair for her to take that out on Shelly who is not displaying that behavior Mm -hmm. so we go back into the house and Shelly tells the sisters that they can't listen to those other girls and that they should ignore the wall like and we pan over to this wall that just has loser spray painted on it with spray paint And Harmony's like, I really just don't understand this kind of behavior. Like, how can someone act like that? And Shelly asks them to trust her because she can make them hotter than Phi Iota Mu. And then, like, basically everything is coming together. (laughs) Shelly tells them that they can do this. If she thought they were quitting, then her heart would fall right out of her head. And Mona's like, your heart has its own cavity right under your fake boobs like can you not realize how moronic you sound and shelly says that she doesn't actually think her heart is in her head well what i mean is that sometimes logic tells you to do something but you have to have part of your heart in it as well my head and my heart tell me that we can save zeta we need 30 pledges And I know just how to do it by making you guys the hottest girls on campus. Just then a pig comes into the house with a Zeta shirt on and Carrie Mae wrestles the shirt off the pig. And I'm like, you're not going to just take the pig. You just wanted the shirt off the pig. The pig is the problem here. Get the pig out of the house. (laughs) But she does say that this means war and Mona agrees too. She's like, there's no way these bitches are getting our house. So we get this amazing montage set to Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne. We see the girls painting the house pink. They all go shopping. Shelly tells them that it's all about skimplifying, showing off the four major regions, arms, legs, belly, and cleavage. 
Uh, she introduces them to the water bra. And Mona's like, this is fucking ridiculous. But Natalie is like, you know what? Just look at it as like a thesis topic. Conventional archetypes of beauty and their effect on the opposite sex. I'm like, that's broad. Yeah. Shelly takes one of those, um, what are they called? It's like a metal detector scanner thing that they use at airports yeah, and stuff. Yeah, a metal detector. Yeah. Or metal scanner. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. So she's using that on Mona to find all of her piercings, and she does let her keep the one. Um, I assume it's like a clit piercing situation. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. yeah. She then teaches them about you know the three tools for successful flirtation, eye contact, flattery, and lots of touching. So she then gives them an example of what you would say like, oh my gosh, your biceps are huge. Kiss me. And then he would kiss me. So obviously the girls need a little more information than that. They're like, but how do you know that he would kiss you? Like, yeah. She then teaches them how to do their makeup. And we see this great shot of them with all their little mirrors lined on this like huge long table. And she tells the girls that the eyes are the nipples of the face and they are ready for their grand debut as the new Zetas. I love this opening. Uh, for the next scene the zeta mm-hmm. ladies are walking around campus just arm in arm you know post makeover and all the men are staring at them they can't take their eyes off them and natalie's like oh my god is this what it feels like to not be invisible and i'm like here i'm a stone <laughs> <laughs> yeah one thing that i also love about this makeover and this is like a an issue that i kind of have with some later plot points but while Shelly obviously you know has given them all these makeovers they actually maintain a lot of their own personal style and personality through their makeovers like mm-hmm. Mona looks like a like a goth Lizzie McGuire but she right. she has like an edgier look she still has like she's like the dark black highlights in the blonde hair she has like more of like a punk shirt going on we see Carrie Mae in like this little overall dress situation so she still has like the farmer vibe so we still see a lot of their elements and like joanne has her she still has her brace and everything but it's like decorated and accessorized so i don't think that shelly just like turns them all into clones like they really do get to maintain their own personal style it's just you know yeah elevated or just transformed into something new yeah there's definitely i think a difference between style Mm-hmm. versus taste i guess like your your taste of what you like can be different but if mm-hmm. you have good pillars of style it doesn't matter like you're always going to look good yeah whereas like like before the makeover the girls were kind of just like not sure of their personal style or like didn't know how to express it mm-hmm. so even though if the makeover is like kind of a ultra feminine version right it is definitely more thoughtful yeah than like what they were were presenting themselves as before yeah because like fashion is a it's a tool it's a it's a mode of expression exactly and there's nothing wrong with it yeah so shelly tells the girls the next part of the plan she wants all the fraternities to see how hot they are so they're going to make a calendar, the girls of Zeta. And Lily, who is now just like walking arm in arm with them, texts Joanne and says, this is fun. And they look hot. 
So we have the montage of the girls doing their calendar shoot. Uh, Natalie's taking the photos. Shelly is, you know, giving them pep talks. Uh, the calendar is great. We have, like, Emma Stone is December. So she's got, like, the whole, like, Santa, like, naughty or nice thing going on. Yeah. Uh, I think that Mona is October. Like, she has, like, a witch. Oh, no, no. That's Harmony is, like, a witch thing for Halloween. She's like, yeah. are you a good witch or a bad witch? She's, she's like, I'm, I'm a, a good, good witch. witch. It's like, oh, I think you're a bad witch. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely the most outrageous one is Carrie Mae's prune in june where she does not have pants on and has the yeah the bush in yeah. front of her bush the topiary <laughs> yes so after this little moment they're then doing their philanthropy which is going to the nursing home oliver is like doing his thing working with the residents when all of a sudden one of the men's uh heart monitor starts going off the charts and oliver looks terrifying over to see that shelly has come in so she like shows them the calendars and is like oh yeah we're, we're making these calendars but we before we could even get them out like the printing press people brought up the first batch it's all going really well uh we also brought a bunch of volunteers to help out today so all the zetas walk in and Oliver says, oh, this is perfect because we were actually trying to organize a dance class today. One of the residents is like, um, you're not having the dance class because no one signed up. And I was at the top of the list of not signing up. <laughs> so Shelly's like, oh, well, that's a shame because I love to dance. And the man <laughs> jilts right on up. I wish we got more of Shelly dancing because I feel like Anna Ferris would have just gone crazy with the comedy, like the physical comedy of it. Oh, yeah. So they go to this, you know, quote unquote dance class. Which is just like the ladies dancing with old people. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> there's no there's no class aspect. But the ladies go downstairs and they're like um, finding a partner. Shelly actually goes up to the speaker and changes the music to something, quote unquote, sexier. And she plays better than a psychic. And all the Tyrees and the sisters start dancing. Oliver comes over to Shelly and thanks her for doing this. I think he's like, oh, it's very kind of you. And she's like, oh, kindness is just love with its work boots on. And then I love that. Up, I thought I thought that was really cute. It was like new bio alert. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I want that on a pillow somewhere. Oh, a little cross cross needlework. Needlework. Yeah. yeah. Someone comes up to Oliver and tells him to ask Shelly to dance. And Shelly's like, oh, I'd love to. Oliver's like, hey, you know, what if we have dinner sometime? And then he promptly steps on her foot. Things are cute. Things are vibing. He's a little boring, but like, you know. Yeah. Really fresh, flirty fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. Meanwhile, back at the Playboy Mansion, uh, Hugh has returned with his bunnies mm -hmm. and is like, oh, Marvin, Go tell Shelly that we're back. We're all going to watch a movie. And that's when Marvin has to break the news that Shelly is gone and asked him to give him this letter. So he reads this letter and it's lies, lies, lies about how Shelly has moved to Africa to work with the orphans. And she left while they were gone because she can't deal with goodbyes. And he was terribly sad that one of his favorite bunnies is gone and cancels the movie night and this is how we learn it was all sabotage because 
Cassandra is the one who roped Marvin into this whole thing, planting the fake letter for Shelly to find that he was kicking her out. He's like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, all I want to do with my life is just make drinks. And then you came along with your weird kryptonite death grip. And then she, like, squeezes his nipples or something. And Yeah, I uh, think it's the nipples. Yeah. You know, the eyes of the face. And she's like, don't say a fucking word about that letter. I'm going to be Miss November. Yes. And what do we get next? A little all-American rejects. I want to, want to, want to touch you. You want to touch me too. Yep. This is like one of my favorite songs. Yeah. I think it's so catchy. So the Zetas sell their calendars at the, I guess it's like a Panhellenic. A what? Panhellenic fair. Panhellenic is like the... It's the word used to describe frats and sororities. Oh, I never heard that before. Mm -hmm. So the Zetas are selling these calendars and like the guy asks for two and they're like, everyone's buying two today. Like, it's awesome. And he's like, oh, just in case one gets ruined. And I'm like, oh, keep that to yourself, dude. Nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. Natalie is eating a hot dog. She takes this huge bite just as Colby comes around the corner. And he's like, hey, you know, I was thinking um, maybe we could have a mixer. Natalie, again, huge bite of hot dog in her mouth. (laughs) It's actually a blessing because he can't understand any of her like dog shit ideas. I think she's like, oh, Battlestar Galactica. Like what if we do like a Star Trek theme or something? And Shelly runs over and she's like, yeah, yeah, you should get together some night with pudding. And Colby is like, yeah, yeah, you betcha. Meanwhile, Ashley is trying to get pledges for Phi Iota Mu, but there are a bunch of cheers actually coming from the Zeta's booth. So, like, it's kind of dry over there. And Ashley decides to go over. She, like, just barges her way into the middle of the crowd and goes, excuse me, to the Zeta's. And Carrie Mae asks if she, like, farted. And just everyone starts <laughs> giggling. And Ashley is like, where are the Zetas? And that's when Joanne is like, where are the Zetas? 2008 edition. So from the crowd, someone is like, and I'm in love. <laughs> and so they weird. all start cheering. <laughs> and Ashley hits Courtney in the boob. As one does. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. After this fair, the girls are all having a picnic, you know, counting up their cash and talking about how all the boys are flirting with them. And Mona's like, yeah, I got four numbers, but like, it's just for research. LOL. Sure. Mm -hmm. Although I'm not totally confident that Mona is into guys, but Shelly. My thoughts exactly. (laughs) Agreed. Shelly then tells Natalie that, you know, Colby was following her around like a little puppy dog. You gonna you know and natalie says no no uh i'm i'm not not gonna be doing that and that's when shelly realizes that natalie is a virgin and is super (gasps) excited because then they can have an aztec party and they always wanted to do one at the playboy mansion but they could never find a virgin to sacrifice (laughs) it's gonna be the best time ever it'll be the rocket rockinest rockinest the rockinest party. 
and then we'll get our 30 pledges. Perf. And I, I have to wonder, again, where is the money coming from? Right. The calendars? Are they stealing it from their philanthropy fund? But there's only, what, like nine of them? There's nine pledges. I can't imagine that their dues are enough to pay for the house and for food and for Shelly's salary. Yeah. But who knows? So some gigantic 18-wheelers roll up to their house with the Aztec decor, and Shelly just kind of gets the girls ready for the party. Later on, Joanne looks at a juicy couture crop top in the mirror. Shelly notices. She's like, oh, I love them. And she's like, oh, yeah, like I love their stuff, but no one can even see it under my back brace. And Shelly's like, oh, well, you know, when can you take the brace off? And she's like, oh, well, actually, now that you mentioned it, I could take it off in 2004. So Shelly asks her to come outside with her and she tells her how she wore a Scooby-Doo mask to school for a whole month once because she just thought that she looked ugly. And then one day, Howard Rubenstock tore it off her face and she realized that she had been wearing it upside down. And Joanna's like, what does this have to do with anything that's going on with me? And Shelly's <laughs> like, I can't remember, but you're a beautiful butterfly now, not an earthworm. That's when this guy passes by who Joanne has always watched like run just across their sidewalk. Shelly just like urges her to go run, to follow the guy, like invite him to the party and she does and he actually knows her name which i thought was really sweet and she's like oh i didn't know you ran and she's like oh well you know i do now he asks about her back brace and she's like well it's gone well yeah because in the process it falls off that's probably something to, to note yes fuck it's like a weird <laughs> forest gump tribute and as she runs to catch up with him the back brace falls off but it's because Shelly unscrewed the back brace yes we pan over and she's like holding a screwdriver <laughs> and also miss mrs hagstrom is behind Shelly when we pan back over so mrs hagstrom is like oh i bet you're real pleased with yourself and Shelly does say yes i am a little proud but hagstrom says not to feel too proud because there's no way that a hoary little tart like you will stand in the way of Phi Iota Mu, and she tells Shelly not to mess with them. I'm like, you're a grown woman. Go away. So she does. And Shelly's like, well, that woman needs a Manny Petty massage combo stat. So Joanne comes back up to Shelly, tells her the good news that Running Man Steve will be coming to the Aztec party tonight. <laughs> Running Man Steve. <laughs> She's super excited. So yeah, Shelly's just helping the girls gain some confidence, go after what they want. She's not trying to change them, just trying to help them. Mm -hmm. So we cut to the Aztec party later that night. Shake It by Metro Station is shake, playing. Shake, 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 shake it. TBT. So Shelly and the girls are having a ton of fun. Joanne is like doing the limbo. Spine is not jelly. We're all good. Mm -hmm. And that's when Colby goes up to Natalie and is like, whoa, like, this is a badass party. Like, you look amazing. Do you, do you have like a bikini on under there? And she's like, oh, yeah. And she's about to say that she's wearing a water bra when Shelly uh. comes up and is like, oh, my God, Natalie, um, 
there's like four other guys that are they're trying to talk to you. Sorry, Colby, get in line. So she pulls Natalie away. Natalie starts talking about how like they have Easter Island head decor here. And like, that's crazy because the Easter Islands are like 2000 miles away in Polynesia. And Shelly's like, you're too smart. And boys don't really like like girls that are too smart. And Natalie is like, oh, my God. Thank you for telling me. Like, I hope Colby didn't hear me say that. Oh. And I'm like, no. No. I also like, I mean, we'll we'll touch on this later when we have the conclusion yeah. of the Colby Natalie story, but yeah. I think he's a fucking loser. I'm like, you I agree. I agree because he uninvited them. Like mm-hmm. when Right. So I think if he's supposed to be a guy we're supposed to root for, he can't do that shit. Yeah. Or at least he has to apologize for it. In the words of Mia Thermopolis, he did not see her when she was invisible. Yeah. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. So <laughs> Natalie is like, oh, my God, thank you so much for telling me. You know, you know, all these tricks and between Colby and Oliver, we might both lose our virginity this year. <laughs> and Shelly's like, yeah, totally. Yeah. So... Ashley, meanwhile, I think that the Phi Oda Mew girls are also throwing a party that, like, nobody showed up to because everyone's at the Aztec party. Mm-hmm. And that is when Mona announces that it is time for the sacrifice. And they bring Natalie up to this giant, like, fake volcano. Multi-million dollar, like, scenescape in mm-hmm. L.A. It's insane. So we go to the sacrifice where Natalie, like, walks over these... <laughs> I think they're like jello chunks. Yeah. She slides into the pool of jello and Colby helps her out of the jello and says he's never seen anyone get sacrificed before. And Natalie is like, oh, I don't know anything about um, Aztecs or their culture, but I had fun. Great. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, ew, I don't know anything. <laughs> so Ashley and Courtney decide to go to the party because they realize that the Zetas have become popular. I just... <laughs> feel like it's necessary to say shut up and let me go by the ting tings is playing right now yes and shelly and the girls just dance and then the confetti pops out of the cannons so again who's paying (laughs) who's paying for that huge budget (laughs) so it then comes time for shelly's date with oliver uh the girls are giving her a pep talk as she's getting ready to to leave and Oliver picks her up at the house. He asks if she's okay with walking to the restaurant because, again, he does not have a car. He only has a bike. And she's like, oh, you know, I I love to walk, but that's not all that I love. And he's like, oh, so you have a a wide range of interests then? She's like, oh, yeah, a big, wide range. Oh, I think that I dropped some money by this manhole earlier. Ooh, and goes to like stand over the manhole but then she's like ah that's fucking hot because it like burns that's fucking hot (laughs) fucking burns her legs not quite the Marilyn moment that she was hoping for so we see them at the restaurant and Shelly has these just like big old bags of ice (laughs) on her legs she's like I thought I I dropped a dollar coin because I heard it clanging who knew steam could be so hot and <laughs> Oliver's just like, okay, sure. But more importantly, the waiter, <laughs> Justin Baldoni. Yep. 
comes over. Mr. Rafael Solano himself. I digress. The waiter comes over and Shelly's like, um, instead of the mahi-mahi, can I just get one mahi because I'm not that hungry? And you're just like, I will uh, check with the kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Olive, Olive, and Oliver orders the chicken piccata. And Shelly's like, oh, that's another word I like. Piccata sounds like hada. Oh, God. And Oliver is like, uh, or the Spanish armada. So it's really, it's a worse for wear. Yeah. And we just got to, we got to cut to the end of the date where Shelly is talking about using a Stairmaster to tone her butt. And she says that, you know, she would show her, but like, he wants to see her butt. Like, what? And Oliver is just totally unfazed. Like, he checks the time and Shelly's like, yeah, yeah, we should um, wrap it up because I have another date at 11. Oh. And Oliver is infuriated. He, like, pretty much just gets up and leaves. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. So Shelly goes back to the Zeta house, defeated. He didn't fall for any of her tricks. And Natalie is confused because Shelly's tricks always work. Yeah. But, you know, maybe Oliver isn't the type to fall for them. Maybe he's like one of those guys that actually wants to have a conversation with a girl before hooking up with her. And Shelly's like, do you mean he's gay? (laughs) And (laughs) Natalie's like, no, I think that he just likes a smart girl. And Shelly is like, oh, so I need to learn about topics and and things and questions. Can I even do that? And they're like, yeah, Shelly, of course you can. And we'll help you. So we get this excellent montage of Shelby attending classes. Like, I guess no one checks. uh, Right. (laughs) To see who's going out of the building or who's in class. Sure. And she just studies like literature. She takes notes. She practices the intelligent conversation topics that the sisters have given her. And while this is happening, New Soul by Yale Naim. Yeah. Yale Naim plays, which I just, I love the soundtrack because it's so quintessential, almost 2010. Yep. (laughs) Tumblr is just a Bruin. Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And then we finally see Shelly sitting in the gazebo, like, reading poetry. So despite the dumpster fire of the first date, Oliver did agree to a second one. So Shelly is getting ready, and she's wearing, like, a very modest clothing, very, you know, librarian core. She has a buttoned-up cardigan on. She has a long skirt, hair pulled back in a bun. And Joanne is like, no, you still look too sexy. Natalie, give her your glasses. So she puts on Natalie's glasses, and Natalie is almost legally blind, so yeah. <laughs> they are very, very thick. Shelly is like, you know, Oliver didn't seem too excited about a second date, but he did say yes. So as she's about to leave, all the girls are giving her advice on just to, like, be smart. Don't forget everything that you've learned. So they go on their date, and Shelly talks to Oliver about, like, Asia and North Korea, And he's like, wow, it sounds like you really read the paper and asks who she's voting for. And Shelly thinks that he's talking about American Idol. (laughs) And she's just like, oh, 
I think Simon is so mean. I usually just side with Randy or Paula. The waiter comes back to drop the check and recognizes Shelly from Girls with GEDs in Playboy. And Shelly's like, oh, no, not me. me. Heck no. Huh? <laughs> Those girls are all boobs, no brains. And the waiter is like, okay, sorry. And <laughs> Shelly tells Oliver, you know, like she's hungry even though she just ate and just fully reaches out and like spills his drink. But then when she tries to clean it up, she uses her index cards and Oliver's like, what are these? And Shelly just tries to pass them off as napkins. It's like a really hard time. These aren't index cards. These are napkins, not not index cards with writing on them. <laughs> and then as she's like trying to fucking like get all this liquid off, she gets up to grab more napkins, trips over another table, hits her head, and this nasty piece of gum stretches like five feet long to partially be on her head, partially be on the table. Yeah, it's a rough one. Oliver comes over and Shelly apologizes and she's like, I gotta go. You just gotta cut your losses at that point. Take the L and totally get out of there. So meanwhile, back at the mansion, Hef is, you know, mourning the loss of Shelly, just eating tub of ice cream after tub of ice cream. The girls come in and suggest that, you know, they watch a movie to make him feel better. But he says, you know, I just don't get why Shelly would leave. And Cassandra suggests that, you know, maybe she wasn't happy. You know, I would hear her crying in her room at night. Liar. Liza Minnelli over here. Denial is a river (laughs) in Egypt. So Hef sends the girls away and Cassandra offers to stay with him. But he's like, no, just bring me more ice cream. So Marvin is in the kitchen. He's trying to make a mimosa, but he is just racked with guilt for what they did to Shelly. So she's like, you better not tell Hef because I'm going to be the next Miss November and not that little blonde bitch. And Marvin is like, this isn't fair. Like, you found my weakness, but that's never going to happen again. <laughs> and then he, like, tears open his vest to reveal that he's wearing pasties. So his nipples cannot be pinched today and says, I'm going to go tell Hef the truth. Wow. So back at the house, Natalie tells the sisters they only need 30 pledges and then they can begin like actually renewing who they want to have pledged with them proper. I guess I don't know if they're called bids or I don't, I don't know the technical terms. These girls were rushing mm-hmm. the sorority. Like rush week is when you... Oh, rushing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then they decide who they're going to give a pledge to or give a bid i don't know if you went to a sorority please let us know yeah hit we... us up let us know Ooh, send us pictures of your sorority house oh yeah tell us your horror stories mm-hmm. or your fun stories whatever you Ooh. got <laughs> as they're reviewing these different girls like they start talking about superficial aspects mm-hmm. like really materialistic stuff like oh this girl's nose looks like whatever or like She drives a nice car, just stupid things. And honestly, like one of them felt racially motivated. Like there was one Indian girl and they were like, oh, like, yeah, we just get like a weird vibe from her. And I was like, this is fucked. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was like racially charged or if it was more of like a she seems perfectly nice. And we so I don't know. All the other girls before that were like white and almost all the girls at Zeta are 
white. That's true. So I was just kind of like, true. except for Lily, I guess. Yeah. And I think that the Tanya, I think Tanya yeah. is maybe like Hispanic or something, but yeah. Yeah. I think the girls are just like drunk off their new social capital that they've never had and are reverting to like yeah. being treated the way that they were being treated. Oh yeah, exactly. And meanwhile, while this is happening, Shelly gets a call from Hef and she's like, oh my God, I can't believe you're calling me. Like, how are things? And Hef is like, you're going to be next month's centerfold. <laughs> and Shelly's like, oh, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to be Miss November. And Hef is just like, oh, Shelly, like, I'm glad you haven't changed. And he outlines his plans for her. They're like, we're going to do a pictorial and then a 25th city tour and then travel to Europe and have her on like the Playboy channel. And it's just like a whole saga, which I I think she would have like loved before she yeah. found this new job. But Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So as Hef is going through all these plans, Shelly looks into the Zeta house through the window and sees all the girls and she actually turns down the offer and says that she has a new home now and she can't just leave her girls. As the girls inside are like talking about how this, oh, this girl seemed weird. Like we're not going to let her in. Lily comes in and she is completely fed up and tells them to stop. Like she full voice tells them to stop it. She's actually British. Stop it. She's like, is this what we've become now? Judging other girls based on their appearance, calling them weird. You know, I'm glad that I got in when I did because I don't think I would have made the cut these days. And neither would a lot of you. And everyone is in shock because not only has she spoken full voice, but she's also British. She's from London town. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a jarring, shocking moment for all. Yes. And Shelly walks into the house and Mona just zeroes in on her and she's like, you, this is your fault. Like, we become this because of you. And they all start complaining about how they've changed for the worse and they turned into stupid bimbos. And this is where I have an issue because I'm like, Shelly has only ever always been kind. Yeah. You guys... Your personality is turned into this right. on your own accord. Right. And it's like they come at her so hard mm-hmm. when they all agreed to the makeover. They were like, yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah. I think it's very unfair, especially from mm-hmm. Mona. I'm like, Shelly was always kind. You were always a bitch to her. So like. Right. Yeah. Right. Eventually, Natalie does step in and tells them to stop. And Shelly is basically crying at this point and she's like i understand and i'm sorry and thank you guys for everything i'm gonna go and i wish you all the best and i hope i see you in the future and shelly leaves the house without another word and as she walks out take a bow by rihanna is playing and shelly calls hef back and she's crying and she says Hey, Hef, I was just kidding, silly. Of course I want to be a centerfold. I can't wait to be back at the mansion. It's so sad. Yeah. I like, it really is awful when you think about Shelly's backstory. Like, of being an orphan and not being adopted. Yeah. Traumatizing. Yeah. And then immediately moving into the Playboy mansion and then like being unceremoniously kicked out 
put on the street. Then you find this new home to live in and then they turn on her so suddenly. Like you've got to have some really heavy abandonment issues after that. I think for sure 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So we get a little montage of the aftermath of Shelly leaving. She leaves a letter for Oliver and tells him that um, she joined the Peace Corps and she is in Peru. And then Shelly returns to the house and tells Cassandra it wasn't very sisterly what she did. And Cassandra calls her vapid, but Shelly is like, I'm ingenious and philanthropic and you're a backstabbing bitch. They're just like happy to have her back in that Cassandra's Audi 3000. So the Zetas are back at their house and they kind of start, you know, undoing their makeovers and they decide that they're going to be half themselves and like half Shelly, you know, keep the elements that they liked. And Mona suggests maybe 60% Shelly because the girl did have style. Natalie says she still does, but she just wanted to be back at the mansion. She didn't want to live with us anymore, which I'm like, you guys all yelled at her. What did you expect her to do? What? It wasn't like a great parting. Yeah. I feel like that part is just so sloppily done. I agree for sure. But the girls still need to, you know, figure out what they're going to do because they need 30 pledges by October 15th. The girls decide to take a bit of a different approach using their own personalities along with what they learned from Shelly. So they stand and hand out flyers to the pledges and they ask the campus who wants to be part of something real and talk about the pillars that the sortie was founded on, um, sisterhood, friendship, and philanthropy. And then Mona is like, well, and now we actually throw some really great parties too. So um, instead of judging or rejecting how we plan to like pick our sisters is to throw all the names into a bowl and then randomly draw 30 names. So I did think that was interesting Yeah, that they managed to like, I thought that was a good resolution mm-hmm. from where they were before. Yeah. That's when Colby sees Natalie and he's like, Oh, you changed your hair. And she's like, I, I can change it back. But Colby is like, why? Like you look great. And he's like, well, you, you looked good before, but this feels more like yourself besides like i don't want you to be my girlfriend just because of your hair and natalie is like what (laughs) what is this a true question and then colby kind of starts backtracking he's like i mean you don't want to be my girlfriend you got guys falling from trees for you and it's like here i am just some goofy dude (laughs) and natalie is like goofy i'm literally (laughs) dreaming i am dreaming Natalie is like, I want to be your girlfriend more than an electron wants to attach to a proton. And I'm like, ah, yes, you're in college. Mm. And they kiss and Colby asks, like, he kind of like moves back and he's like, what? And Natalie's like, I was just just thinking Shelly. I'm like, but you you didn't care about her until (laughs) she was hot. Like, it just. (laughs) Yeah. If they wanted to sell this for me, they needed to show that he was actually interested in her before and she just, like, wasn't confident enough to, like, go for it or, like, really see it or flirt with him. But he was, like, not interested. No. And it's funny because I feel like you get more of that from Joanne running with that guy than you do with Natalie and Colby. So that's a little weird to me. Yeah, they needed to... 
honestly, it would have been a very simple fix if when um, that moment happens during the car wash, when Mona fucks up their conversation by like splashing yeah. the water in her face, if Natalie was the one who got like embarrassed and ran away rather than him reneging the invite. That would have been better. That would have solved everything because then it's just like, oh, she's just like not confident enough to approach this guy who already likes her. But mm-hmm. Or if he like complimented anyone at any point really yeah. before this moment. Exactly. You, I'm just thinking about Hugh calling and you being like, this is sloppily done. And I'm like, oh, does it not seem natural that Hugh Hefner <laughs> just gives her a call and just like we're gonna do a 25 city tour and that's that's not even what i have the issue with the the slop the sloppiness for me is the girls turning on her like that i agree yeah that's where my issue lies yeah it's just like a weird how do i put this it's okay we can glaze over it i'll (laughs) I'll just say it in the conclusion if i remember okay so the girls follow through on their plan they end up drawing 30 pledges out of a fishbowl. They're super excited because they're going to get to keep their house. And they send Lily off to the post office to send those bids out. So Lily is, um, you know, filling out the forms, whatever, at the post office. When Tyler, also, I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but this guy is literally Peyton Stalker from One Tree Hill, TBT. Crazy. Uh, he goes up and starts flirting with her. And I think he says his name is Cole Trickle, which is like a character from a movie or something. I can't remember. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's Tom Cruise's character from Days of Thunder. Oh. is the fake name that he uses. And Lily is like so excited that this guy is flirting with her <laughs> while she's distracted Ashley sneaks over and takes the pledge envelopes and throws them in the trash, (gasps) pulling out her own pledge envelopes and going over to like the, the eight, the post agent, I don't know what they're called. And is like, Mm -hmm. Hey, this girl over there dropped these. And like, she seems really into that guy. So I don't want to interrupt. Can you just like send these out for her? So he's like, no problem. I'm like, this seems illegal. I don't think you're allowed to accept mail from somebody else. No, totally not. (laughs) Totally not. And I think you have to sign for it too. Like it's just not allowed. There's no way. So Lily looks around for her envelopes and the guy's like, oh, don't worry. You dropped them, but I got them. Going (laughs) to mail them out for you. And that's why it's not allowed. Yeah. And she's like, oh, thank God. And then she turns around to go back and flirt with Tyler, a.k.a. Cole Trickle. But he's gone. And we see (gasps) down the hall – Tyler walking off with Ashley, and he's like, now do I get to see your panties? And she says, no, I think. Yeah. Super weird. So the girls are at the Zeta house just waiting around for the pledges to arrive, but it's totally empty. No one's there. And they look outside to Phi Iota Moo right across the street. Their house is packed with girls, and Lily is like, well, see, when I was at the post office, like there was this guy and my letters dropped and they mailed it out, da da da. Long story short, I was scammed. And Ashley just looks at the Zetas and like gives them a wave or something. She's being very smug. Meanwhile, Shelly is at her Miss November photo shoot, which is in like an empty pool. Yeah, she's got like a skateboard. And the photographer's like, work, work it, Shelly, work it, work it, work it. But she's, her heart's not in it anymore. 
It's just not what she wants. And she tells the photographer that she's not his Miss November. She decides to leave the set. And that is when Natalie shows up because Marvin actually called the Zetas. And the girls come up to her and they apologize and they say that they miss her. They then also tell her about how Ashley stole their bids and that they're going to make it official today that they're losing their house. But Shelly is like, no, like the meeting isn't until this afternoon. There's still a chance. Natalie <laughs> says it's too late. But Shelly, always the optimist, says that together they can do anything. Beautiful. So we go to the Panhellenic meeting and they are about to announce the closing of Zeta. But Shelly runs down the stairs. She picks up the mic. I'm allergic to erythromycin. (laughs) And Mrs. Hagstrom is just like, okay, we're done here. Dean, bang your gavel. And Dean Simmons tries to like continue the meeting, but Shelly stops them. And she's like, this is germane to the predicament. (laughs) Shelly says, I'm allergic to erythromycin. I took it once when I had a cold. I was 16 and it gave me itching. I mean, everything itched my arms, my earlobes and other stuff too. But I can't say because I'm live on the air right now and you can't see ass cheeks, right? You just did. But I I said it kind of quietly, I think. (laughs) But besides the itching, the erythromycin also made my skin glow. It gave me like... This glowing tan. And I suddenly felt like another person. Different. Better. Prettier. I guess. What's your name? Michelle. Michelle. (laughs) Michelle. Do you know that feeling I'm talking about? Where you suddenly feel pretty and next thing you know you're... You feel better about yourself? Well, that was what was happening to me. My allergic reaction made me feel pretty. And so I ignored all the bad side effects because suddenly people were talking to me and they were noticing me. And even though I was itching like crazy, it was worth it to feel accepted. And so I couldn't wait to get a cold so I could take my erythromycin. But underneath that beautiful glowing skin, I still had that cold. Well, that's a meteor. The word is metaphor? Can you really be that dumb? She's not dumb. (laughs) Thank you, Natalie. And Mrs. Hagstrom, I meant meteor. It flashes by and burns bright, but then disappears. And that was what was happening to me. The real me just disappeared. I'm not an expert speech giver, but I do know that one day, when your looks are gone, if everything you have is based on looks, well, then you've got nothing. You need your friends and your family by your side to love you for who you are, not what you look like. At the Zeta House, our new motto is be who you are, because we're a family. We're a family that loves you on the inside. So we need you to stand forward and be a part of that family. We need 30 people right now to stand forward and pledge Zeta. That was a really long speech. (laughs) You should never do a long speech like that again. So 
Dean Simmons starts like counting all the girls who are pledging to be a Zeta because one by one they're like, I'll be a Zeta. You had me at ass cheeks. I'll be a Zeta. I'll pledge. So they make it up to 29. They need one more, but nobody else is coming forward. He's about to bang that gavel when suddenly Mm -hmm. Harmony comes in and says, we have another (laughs) Zeta. And by Harmony comes in, I mean, Harmony gets wheeled in on a hospital bed holding her baby. She has given birth, and the dean is like, uh, nope, got to be a student, sorry. (laughs) He's like, uh. (laughs) So there's no one left. Nobody's pledging Zeta. He's about to pound that gavel when all of a sudden Courtney, (gasps) Ashley's friend who is consistently getting punched in the boob, stands up Mm -hmm. and says, I want to be a Zeta. We got 30 pledges. The Zetas get to keep their house. Meeting adjourned. Mrs. Hagstrom, pissed as hell. What does she do? Punches Ashley in the boob. So Mm -hmm. there you go. The Zetas take Courtney to the house and Natalie tells Shelly that everything ended up perfectly. And Shelly's like, it wasn't all perfect. Like I screwed things up with Oliver because he thinks I moved to Peru. And Natalie's like, yeah, but you didn't actually moved to Peru. And Shelly's like, Ugh, but he doesn't know that. Turn around. Oliver's there. He's there with flowers. And Shelly's like, oh my God, how did you know that I was back? And he's like, let's just say a little birdie told me. And Shelly's like, I have to meet this freaking bird. <laughs> and Natalie's like, Shell, I- I'm the bird. I, I called Oliver. And Shelly thanks her and tells her it's great to have such nice friends. And Shelly admits that she wasn't in Peru and she was in Playboy. But Oliver's like, I know and I don't care. I'd like to do this again without manhole covers and bubble gum. (laughs) And they reintroduce themselves. Wow. So to wrap it all up, Shelly writes a letter to Hef about saving the Zeta house and now her and Oliver are dating and they're super in love. And, you know, when they kiss, she sees stars and he sees fireworks. And Oliver says that that means that they're meant for each other. Otherwise they'd see things like pencils and empty ketchup bottles. (laughs) And then the Zetas threw a big party in her honor. And she felt just like that girl in that storybook. What's her name? Cinderella. (laughs) And, that was actually pretty good. I, that was a really great one to end on. <laughs> I had to like hold my throat while I did it. Cinderella. 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 I don't know how I did that. I'll never do it again as good as I did it just now. But we then, oh my God, my throat hurts. We then have a big party <laughs> with all the Zetas. Uh, and they're all performing a musical number. Um, I know what boys like mostly sung by Catherine McPhee, but all of the Zetas do get like their own little verse and it sounds like it's actually their real voices too. That's crazy. But I don't think that Lily gets one. I'm like, she was literally in a girl band and in the Cheetah Girls. Yeah. And you're not going to give her a feature. This is the last time I saw her act in anything. Yeah. Same. Pretty crazy. And, uh, Yeah. That's the house bunny. That is the house bunny. What did you think? I mean, I always really enjoy this movie. Yeah. I think it's really funny. There's a lot of golden moments. Anna Ferris is giving a masterclass in, Queen. you know, 
in comedy. I think she's great. And I really do think that this movie falls apart without her. I genuinely cannot think of somebody else who could bring not only, you know, her comedic chops, but also her just endearing, charming, heartfelt quality because without Shelly feeling like it's such a genuinely kind person, Mm -hmm. this script does not work. No, definitely not. Yeah. I think that she really carries because she's really just minute to minute, scene to scene, the comedic talent. Yeah. Oliver is giving us jack shit. Yeah. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. It's pretty bad. I, I meant to say this earlier, but, um, when you were like, he sucks, I was like, ah, oh, you know who I wish they had? A Wilson, like a Luke Wilson. Because mm. he's charming. Yeah. Because, yeah, also because I think, I mean, Luke Wilson could easily do this because it's not really that far off. It's, you know, more hyperbolic Pretty version of Legally, Legally Blonde. Blonde. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, Colin. You were not bringing it. Not at all. For me. Honestly, I didn't even need that storyline. I didn't need any sort of romantic storyline with Shelley. No, I would have been fine without it. I think it was irrelevant. Yeah. What else? I mean, I have said this multiple times today, but this is my favorite Emma Stone role. I just feel like she's being authentic in this. Mm-hmm. Like the jokes that she's cracking feel not put on. Like I feel yeah. like sometimes after like after she got more famous it would be like oh oh i'm i'm doing a joke (laughs) but when she does it in this movie it just feels super authentic and like she's super nerdy too yeah i guess like her big credit before this would have been super bad because that was 2007 and Mm -hmm. i think this definitely lives in like a very similar vein i also just love like the humor of the time because when we were reading about the box office, the other big movie that came out at this time was Pineapple Express. So it's that like very specific brand of like late 2000s comedy. Mm-hmm. And Tropic Thunder. Yes. Yeah. Totally like this weird hyper comedy, mm-hmm. scary movie, which was prior. Th- that's just the one I'm thinking of because Anna Ferris is in yeah. it. Yeah. But it's like so over the top. But then this movie, like Pineapple Express, it's like towing the line between we're really doing this right now and like mm-hmm. this is a character, not a human being. Yeah. And, you know, the kind of the kind of moral that we're taking away from this movie is about, you know, being true to yourself and yeah. also learning to be more confident and expressing yourself mm-hmm. and not being afraid to take risks. But also the power of female friendship. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, like this sisterhood aspect. I think Mm -hmm. that's like, for me, the biggest takeaway of the movie, because even though everyone likes to frame Shelly as being this uh, product of the male gaze, Mm -hmm. she really doesn't ever focus on men. Yeah. Like in a way that takes away from her relationships or her own identity. Yeah. She really, really values the times that she spent with her with the Zetas and also with 
um, the girls in the mansion stuff. Yeah, she really does bring sisterhood to the sorority because they really weren't yeah. one before she arrived. They clearly were not really bonding. Right. They just kind of came together by happenstance, it seems like. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, didn't get into any other sorority or whatever, and they all ended up in this house. But, like, Mona, for example, was really mean to Natalie. And, like, yeah. they would make fun of each other, and there just wasn't that support before Shelly came in. And, like we said, she's a girl's girl, and she, you know, made them spend time together and bond and actually support mm-hmm. each other. So Yeah, no, exactly, because the first thing that she had them do when she got there was go, like, get drinks and dance together at a club yeah. like she's like we're all gonna hang out we're yeah. all gonna enjoy each other's company and yeah i don't know i really like it i i just like this movie so much because mm-hmm. it feels authentic to i guess that's like kind of a capsule of that time period and also like it doesn't feel like someone wanted to like truly compromise the vision of the movie mm-hmm. like it does feel like one cohesive thing like you mentioned, the love plot line that could be cut. And I agree with that. But like, I don't feel like there are glaring scenes for me that seem like they shouldn't have been in the movie or like something that was added that doesn't really make sense. I think it was pretty cohesive. Yeah, I think the only the only sore spots for me are the scene when they all like suddenly turn on Shelly. I feel like if they wanted to, because obviously they needed some sort of conflict to happen that would cause her to leave and then come back yeah but i i feel like the way that it happened just kind of got thrown in there Mm -hmm. and they could have probably done something a little bit stronger that didn't involve just all of them like becoming bitches and then turning on her like you know well it was funny too because the turnaround between them being like you guys are being so mean to them being like what have we become yeah like okay yeah sure no build-up Mm-hmm. It was just like a little sloppy for me. I feel like yeah. they could have finessed it something a little bit more earned. But that's really my only issue with it. And it's not something that I really pay attention to when I'm just like throwing this movie on mm-hmm. for a gal's night or whatnot. I want more movies like The House Bunny. Yeah. I love a good a good female friendship film. Yeah. I don't think people like making comedies anymore. Well, I think that it really is a product of the fact that they just aren't making mid-budget movies anymore. Mm. Everything has to be a blockbuster or it's just direct to streaming. And the quality with that can be quite varied, unfortunately. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. (laughs) Yeah. But shall we give her a rating? I think I'm going to give it an 8.5. Yeah, I was going to give it an 8, but nice. definitely in that territory for sure. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, if you are in Canada, you can watch it on Netflix. Oh, you lucky <laughs> bastard. <Lucky> sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that freaking bird? <laughs> um, you have to rent it in the uh, US of A. Yeah. Saw it on Amazon Prime. Land of the three, but Home not the house by me. <laughs> yeah. Land of the Free, home of the pay-per-movie. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed. And uh, if you want a little more content, you can always listen to our Confessions of a Shopaholic episode on Patreon. Yep. And if you wanted to follow us on social media, you can do so on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod, or you can follow us on Instagram 
at Movies That Raised Us. You can also follow us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us Pod, or you can send us a good old-fashioned email at Movies That Raised Us at gmail.com. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.